Shaking it up with Sheikh Fayaz. Nightly Ramadan Reflections. A'udhu billahi minash shaitan ar-rajim. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Wabihi nasta'in. Wassalatu wassalamu ala sayyidina wa nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala ahl bayta tayyibin al-tahirin. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed a human being with the body, with an intellect, and with the soul. And when every one of these three are working together collectively, we have the ability and the potential to do really remarkable things. Oftentimes we tell ourselves that we can't do something. But when we put our mind and we change sort of our worldview in regards to it, we see that in fact we absolutely can. Probably when we were very young, we saw so many hurdles and obstacles in the way for us to complete a puzzle or to complete a game or whatever it might be. But once we told ourselves, I can do this, I did it. When we were in college and we were sitting in the library studying really hard for this exam that we thought that we absolutely had no idea what it was talking about in terms of the literature, well, guess what? We all graduated college and we are wherever we are because we did it. Sometimes you tell yourself you're not going to be able to lift that weight or you're not going to be able to run that distance. But once you tell yourself, I can do it, and you push yourself to doing it, all of a sudden you realize you did it. When it comes to our obedience and our worship to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, oftentimes we tell ourselves there's no way I can fast for 16 or 17 or 18 hours for 30 consecutive days during the month of Ramadan. But then the month of Ramadan comes and it becomes an obligation. And you tell yourself you're going to do it and you do it. It all starts again with our mindset. Where are we in terms of our relationship with our own actions and our own rituals? and our own performance of obedience and worship to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Look, the month of Ramadan at the end of the day is a month of worship and a month of obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's what it is. And that's why as much as I would like to talk about different subjects during the course of these 30 episodes, the main focal point of these conversations is to create a sense of motivation and inspiration within myself to making sure that I am putting forth the best effort to being in a state of obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and sharing some of those thoughts with my dear sisters and brothers. Because if we're not utilizing the nights and the days during this month to do what it was intended for, and then again, that's to bring benefit to us by means of our engagement with our Creator, well then, we're just going to waste a lot of days and a lot of time and a lot of opportunities that are right in front of us. Fasting itself is something incredibly exhausting. It's really challenging. But once we go and we tell ourselves that I'm going to do it, we're able to do it. And sometimes that also has to be translated into our prayers, our reciting of the whole Qur'an, our supplicating to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Every year I have the opportunity to perform a wide array of different religious pilgrimages. That to the holy house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for hajj or for umrah. Or I take groups to go and visit the 
holy mausoleums of the family of the Prophet, the Ahlul Bayt, peace and blessings be upon them. And every year I'm stunned to be able to see so many a unique individual who I would have never thought spend the entirety of their days and nights in the mosque praying and being in a state of obedience and worship to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a way that they've created this incredible transformation in their own hearts. And when they return back home, they are literally living in a completely different world because of their engagement, because of the taste of sweetness that they engaged in when they were in a state of proximity to their Creator. The month of Ramadan offers us that climate as well, of course whereby we can really transform ourselves during the course of these 30 days. And when we exit from it, we see that our entire lives, our worldviews, the way that we see things has been completely transformed as well. What those on the religious pilgrimages often do is that they again exert their physical bodies to allow for their souls to ascend. Sometimes you need to beat your body up a little bit. And I don't mean that any sort of physical way. What I'm trying to say is that prayers in itself consists of standing and bowing and prostrating. And by doing it enough, your body gets tired, but your soul feels so rich and so healthy. And it feels like it's been filled, that container of it, with the love and the beauty and the mercy and the grace and the compassion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that when someone spends the entirety of the night or even a portion of the night in obedience and in worship to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they're not concerned about their sleep because again, they've tasted the sweetness of the love of their creator. And there's no sweetness, there's no taste like that. Which is why when you go ahead and take a look at our, the examples, our teachers, that of the messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that of his immaculate family, the Ahlul Bayt, peace and blessings be upon them. They loved to be in a state of exerting themselves to the extent where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as he mentions to the Prophet in Surah Muzammal, that you don't need to spend the entirety of the night in obedience and worship to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the extent that traditions tell us that the Prophet would stand on his toes while he was praying, whereby his ankles and his calves would become bruised in a way to demonstrate his servitude to his creator. It is said that one day Imam Zain al-Abideen he was standing and bowing and prostrating and standing and bowing and prostrating after he had fasted through the day. He, was, he took a little bit of food to break his fast and the entirety of the night he was in a state of obedience, in a state of worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To which one of the servants in his home came to him and said, Oh, Ali ibn Hussein, Ali ibn Hussein, Zain al-Abideen is the great grandson of the Messenger of God. He's been given the title Zain al-Abideen, the beauty from the worshippers, the adornment of the worshippers, due to him being known for his supplications and the way that he had this deep sort of conviction in the midst of his conversation with his Lord. This servant of his came to him and said, Oh, my master, he said, You are Zain al-Abideen. You are the king of the worshippers. You are the great grandson of the messenger of God. Why are you praying so much? Slow down, take a break. 
to which he looked at his servant, and he said, Go there, as he pointed to the corner of his room. He said, And bring me the prayer manual of my grandfather, Ali ibn Abi Talib. To which that prayer manual was brought to him, and he opened that up. And he said, Where is my prayers, and where are the prayers of Ali? And when you took, take a look at the prayers of Ali, where are they in relationship with the prayers of his brother, the Messenger of God, sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam? Which is why in Surah Al-Muzammal in verse number 8, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala states, وَذْكُرْ اسْمَ رَبَّكَ وَتَبَتَّلْ إِلَيْهِ تَبْتِيلًا And remember the name of your Lord. Meaning, be in a state of the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala early and often, and again try to see with your heart not only the sight of the eyes, that beyond everything see the reality of your Creator and shatter those veils of ignorance in order to gain in ma'rifah by seeing the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being put on display in the midst of His creation. وَذْكُرْ اسْمَ رَبِّكَ وَتَبَتَّلْ إِلَيْهِ تَبْتِيلًا And devote yourself exclusively to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Exert yourself exclusively to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. During these nights of opportunity, don't waste them. These are not nights whereby we spend watching TV, not nights to sleep them away, but really sacrifice your sleep, sacrifice food, sacrifice everything else, and enter into a state of conversation with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because there's something really beautiful and powerful about that. And again, not to sound like some conservative religious folk, but these nights of the month of Ramadan are nights that are not worth wasting. It's about going and walking again in the footsteps of Ahlul Bayt to really again pushing ourselves forward and demonstrating to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, giving Him an excuse to allow for us to be recipients of His mercy and of His forgiveness during the course of these days and nights of the holy month of Ramadan. Amongst the companions of Ahlul Bayt amongst the companions of the Prophet and of Ali, peace and blessings be upon them, is a man by the name of Abu Dhar al-Ghaffari. Abu Dhar is known for his sort of deep aestheticism, whereby he abandoned this world, he would eat very little, and he would sleep very little, and he was known again for his conviction. And he was known for his sort of staunch relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that was unwavering no matter how many times people came up to him and said, stop praying so much, stop fasting so much, and so on and so forth. He was a man who dedicated himself toward this path of really cultivating his heart and being amongst those most incredible examples of sainthood within our religious and spiritual tradition. To the extent that at the end of his life, he had lost his eyesight. And it is said that a group of his friends, one day they saw him sitting outside, baking under the sun, as he was supplicating to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and weeping. And they went up to him and they said, Oh Abu Dhar, are you weeping, asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to return back your eyesight in this old age of yours? He says, No, for I am more concerned with something far greater. They said, Oh Abu Dhar, what could be greater than your eyesight? What could you be supplicating for in this way, whereby you are so devoting yourself to God? 
to the extent that you're weeping, you're sitting under the sun, you're demonstrating this sort of symbol of humility in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To which he responds, Ajannati wa nar. I'm concerned with two things that are far greater than my eyesight. They said, what is that? He said, the gardens of paradise in comparison with the fires of hell. I'm baking under the sun and I'm raising my hands to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive me, to make sure that he admits me into paradise next to my beloved messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi During the course of these days and of these nights, we want to try to create a sense of routine. A routine that is something that's semblance of something that is translatable after the month of Ramadan, whereby we continue to apply some of the rituals that we are performing during the course of these 30 days for the remainder of our lives, or at least till the remainder of next year during the month of Ramadan, and hopefully build upon that. Because a lot of people, yes, they'll spend a portion of their night during the month of Ramadan in prayers and in worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We spend 30 days during the month of Ramadan fasting. But how many of us, and again I speak for myself, in the midst of the rest of the year, fast? For instance, even once a month, or the first of every month, or the 13th, 14th, and 15th of every month, as is noted down within our traditions. How many of us perform the night prayer? Maybe we do so during the month of Ramadan, but outside of the month of Ramadan, do I really do it on any sense of a consistent basis? This is the month of Qur'an. I engage a recitation, or reading, or contemplating, or following some lectures on the whole of Qur'an during the month of Ramadan. But do I put it back on my shelf and pick it up and resume next year during the month of Ramadan? If we do that, we're not fulfilling this covenant that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands us to fulfill within these verses that I uttered earlier. Always be in a state of God's glory in His remembrance and exert yourself to Him. During the course of these nights, make sure that we're not wasting this opportunity. Put forth your best effort. Be focused. Be diligent. And I remind myself and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us the ability to be successful and to translate the exhortion and the effort that I'm putting forth during the course of these nights, every night and every day of my life until the very end. Walhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen Wa sallallahum ala muhammadin wa alihi al-tahirin Follow Sheikh Fayaz on Twitter and Instagram at Fayaz Jafar and look out for him on Facebook.